my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Oh, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's really wonderful uh, to be in this studio on this cold wet, miserable uh, spring day right here in Adelaide. I cannot believe what uh, uh, what has been produced in our weather system today uh, here in Adelaide. Goodness me, springtime's not normally like this in uh, uh, in this part of the world. Uh, look, folks, if you'd like to join us without interruption, we do actually have uh, uh, some people have uh, uh, are conscious that uh, when they're driving around, they fade in and out. Look, we're a low power FM radio station, but look, you can download our app from your favorite app store. Now, all you need to do is to go to your favorite app store and look for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you add that Australia, otherwise, you'll get Faith FM US and you want Australian, uh, Australian voices. Uh, and look, uh, just simply download that app, Bluetooth, uh, the, uh, the app into your, your car stereo, and you'll get perfect sound uh, everywhere you travel, no fading in or out. So that app again is uh, Faith FM Australia from your favourite app store and uh, you'll love, you'll be able to even uh, replay <coughs> programs that you might have uh, might have appreciated. Uh, now look this week we are following the theme uh, lessons uh, from roads that all believers walk. Uh, and today we're looking at two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And this, of course, is the road of discouragement. Uh, do you know that I'm conscious that there are so many people uh, in our world today who are struggling with issues of discouragement. Uh, you may be listening to our program. Uh, you may uh, be feeling fairly flat today. Uh, look, if you are please consider this biblical story. It's a powerful story. Uh, it really does uh, impact. It has life-changing possibilities. Now, this week, um, um, our, our co-host is um, is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric's uh, uh, been a, a printer by trade. He's, he's worked as a literature evangelist. He's been um, uh, selling uh, religious books most of his life, and uh, currently... Uh, Eric, in his uh, retirement, ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome aboard, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Gary. It's good to be back here on a Tuesday. It comes around very quick. It's lovely to see you. You're well rugged up today. Oh, I'm usually in my shorts, but I haven't worn shorts, I don't think, for a long time this spring. And I just can't believe the weather. I'm just, uh, every day I get up and I'm hoping it's going to, you know, get a bit of sun out there. But I, I believe next week is the week we need to look for. I believe in the weekend. Yeah. We're yeah, going yeah. up into the mid twenties. But I tell you what, the plants are doing well. We've got to, we've got to love the rain for that. But so are the weeds in the grass growing strong. Oh, they well. are. They, and look, you actually mentioned that you're, you, you want to get back into your shorts. Now, look, the thing that really jumps out. <laughs> 
laugh at me is that you're a Kiwi. What is it about Kiwis? I mean, every Kiwi I know loves to wander around in shorts and jandals. Uh, why is that? Well, if you've lived in uh, in the south of New Zealand, especially uh, Christchurch, Invercargill, that freezes there. So some people, some of my um, Aboriginal friends say to me, how can you be wearing shorts today? And I say, well, you know, you want to live in Invercargill, <laughs> you'd know that this is quite warm, you know. Um, I just love the freedom of it. And, uh, I, you know, I love summer. I love the warmth. And uh, I'm hanging out. For, I think everybody's over this wetness that we've had. Yeah. But we have to be grateful, you know, the the they've had in Melbourne and different places with the flooding. I know today in Clare they had a lot of rain and I saw that the, on the news that there was water running across the, some of the streets in Clare today. They had 40 odd, 40 to 50 yeah, mils yeah, of rain. Yeah. So we have to be we've got to count that. There are some know, places in the Australian outback that are actually rejoicing about this uh, yeah. about this rain because they're actually seeing greenery that they've actually never seen before. Yeah. Um, but uh, mm. yeah, look uh, uh, we uh, uh, we must come to, to appreciate what the Lord is uh, uh, is able to give to us. Uh, look, let's come to our World Watch segment because uh, uh, I had a, a World Religion News. Uh, I picked up an, an article today that uh, that did actually uh, speak to me, and it was talking about the subject of forgiveness. Now, of course, this is something that we don't speak much about in the uh, in the world today. That it was entitled "When It Comes to Forgiveness, Faith and Science Agree." on the benefits. Across dozens of scientific studies in diverse contexts, the physical and mental health benefits of forgiveness have been validated. Forgiveness, uh, says the article, is an age-old practice uh, central to the teaching of many of the world's religions. In Christianity, forgiveness is unconditional uh, by loving one's enemies as oneself. Uh, throughout human history, uh, religion and science have often been framed as conflicting with one another. Advances in biology, cosmology and neuroscience can challenge traditional religious interpretations. But... When it comes to the transformative power of forgiveness, scientists and faith leaders agree on its benefits for long-term mental and physical health. It's clear that the ability to forgive, to transform anger and resentment into hope and healing can indeed be a restorative and healing act of faith. But forgiveness is also backed by an ever-growing body of scientific evidence, one that refines and extends our faith in uh, in new ways. I really appreciate all this article is saying, and it continued, across dozens of scientific studies in diverse contexts, the physical and mental benefits have indeed uh, been uh, been picked up. Evidence-backed tools provide a way to practice a set of steps that allow individuals to consider forgiving themselves, others, and yes, even God. Now, that's an interesting statement. Not sure that I agree with it, but hey, religious leaders around the world have seen firsthand that fostering and practicing forgiveness has the power to transform deep-seated responses to memories and legacies of injustice, conflict and war. It can liberate people from being imprisoned in their past and the long-ingrained mental and emotional conditions 
are created by such legacies. Now, Eric, look, let me just toss something to you if I possibly can. You know, we live in a world of uh, of revenge. I mean, whenever I, you know, I watch the news and, uh, you know, I hear people crying out for uh, justice on almost uh, every hand. Look, do you think quality relationships are possible without the ability to forgive? It's quite a difficult question, Pastor Gary, because um, a state of mind, uh, in whatever state of mind we're in now or you know, in the next few minutes or whatever, is conditional on how we um, relate and see things. Um, and uh, forgiveness is such an important thing to us all, but it's very hard sometimes to forgive. I know that's what you're talking about sometimes. When you see a magistrate give a very low sentence for somebody who's been killed on the road, it doesn't yeah. seem it doesn't seem fair. It or doesn't just. seem fair, and that's the statement that keeps coming out. Yeah, and yet the Bible tells us that you know to forgive one another is so important. He says, "How can I forgive you if you don't forgive others?" Yeah, and so that's a key part. But I think forgiveness is not only for the Christian, but for the non-believer too, because. Uh, their state of mind as well is so affected. I know uh, at times uh, when I've been hurt by something that I feel, you know, I need to forgive somebody in doing, it, I found it very difficult to do that. And I know with my family that uh, they're so precious to us that we, we go through that battle. But I've found that over time um, the understanding is that when you do forgive, you don't forget I don't think you can ever, sometimes if it's such a critical thing, you don't forget what's happened, but you can, you can get over it. You can bypass it if you like. Always there, but you can step around it and step past it. And you can, you can forgive a person. Mm. But the memory can sometimes linger for a long time. And that's certainly very true. You know, one of the things I'm conscious of, Eric, is that, um, I, you know, as a, uh, as an ordained pastor, I'm a marriage celebrant. You know, that means that from time to time I have opportunity to, uh, sit down and, uh, uh when a cu- young couple come to me, often a young couple uh, come to me and say, Hey, look, you know, pastor, would you, you know, would you marry us? Now I love, uh, mm. being able to, uh, being able to do that. But one of the things that I do actually, actually do is sit down with them and say, look, I'd like to sit down with you on a, on a couple of occasions, uh, and just talk about, you know, uh, Christianity. And a particularly, you know, your upcoming, uh, your upcoming marriage. And one of the things we actually talk about is, uh, the issue of, uh, of forgiveness. Because to me, uh, what, uh, what certainly I've, I've determined, and I've, I've certainly been involved in a fair bit of, you know, marriage counseling. Uh, I've been involved in, uh, certainly preparing people for marriage. I, um, uh, increasingly, uh, unless a person, uh, it knows how to forgive. They're going to struggle in their marriage relationship. How would you respond to that? So true. And, and I think today with young people, um, that one of the problems is that, um, what we would see as something that you have to forgive for somebody else is such a minor thing. For instance, when you look at the media and Facebook and uh, all that, you know, people can get upset so quickly straight away over a comment, but they're not in front of the person to get over it, you know, to talk it out. Yeah. And so they've got this added pressure of, of, of getting upset so easily today yeah. over just about next to nothing. But to them, it seems like a huge mountain to get over. Yeah. Um, so you've got those pressures 
on people today as well. I think that's happening more since the media, you know, has uh, so grown so largely. But, you know, I, I've admired people that have been able to forgive. I know one of my friends, one of my very close friends, his daughter was driving down a road one day and she came to the bend of the road and a drunken driver was on the wrong side of the road and ploughed into, into her. Uh, she was rushed to hospital and she had neck injuries, head injuries and a lot of broken bones and uh, it took two or three years before she could even start to walk again and uh, this was a drunken driver on the wrong side of the road and I thought well you know how would I deal with that if it was my daughter well uh, this uh, friend of mine uh, a very Christian man he and his wife prayed about the situation and and they actually ended up going into the jail to see uh, this man who was convicted of of dangerous driving and all the rest Mm. of it they went in and saw him and shared scripture with him and forgave him told him that they forgave him. Yeah. And that made a huge difference to this person who knew he had done wrong, even though he was under the influence. And later he became a Christian as well. Yeah. But it just showed me that if these people can forgive somebody that can do that, what can we do? And, you know, Jesus forgives others that treated him yeah. that way. That's why he's asking us, because that part of our Christian walk is so important because cancer can eat you away. And the way you re- relate to people is that you see the, the best in people, the loving people and we're all all got we're all sinners and we all do fall and so therefore we are going to make mistakes and therefore forgiveness is absolutely key and you know eric i'm really interested that you actually mention you know uh, certainly social media there because it is so easy uh, for us to simply uh, go onto social media and condemn Somebody, somebody else for something that they've done. I don't know all the facts. I don't haven't got a, you know. And yet I join a, a mob. Uh, and I know that uh, on one or two occasions I've I've had to be as a pastor get involved in in conflict management. Mm. And uh, uh, one of the things that I've I've actually said to a number of people is I said, please get off the social media. Stop commenting on this issue. Um, the scriptures actually want you to forgive uh not and to me as i as i look at this I, I thought hey if in fact we picked up what the scriptures are saying how much positive impact that would have on marriage relationship and it's so sad when it's with fam- within families all it needs to do is one of the two parties to say I'm sorry you know that let's put that behind us and let's move on and that yeah. healing because it's the healing we're talking about and it's the here. healing that comes indeed and, mm. and you know I think I I, I, I just notice, notice is that you know if we think of the Lord's Prayer I mean so many times yeah. you know we hear the Lord's Prayer prayed and forgive us our debts as we forgive to the same extent that we forgive our debtors. Now, to me, I look at that and I say, "Hey, that's a that's a bit of a that's a huge challenge because we are asking uh, Christ to forgive us to the same extent that we are prepared to forgive others." Now, that um, has to be an incentive, surely, to be generous uh, with those that we come in contact with. And what a wonderful world would have if, if that forgiveness was more abundant, that yeah. it was more out there in the community, you know, and and that uh, bringing, bringing people closer together rather than f- fragmenting them and pushing them apart. Such a wonderful thing. And, and, you know, as you read the Bible and understand the character of Christ, that then changes you and sees what how Jesus 
dealt with people and forgave them. And even when he was dying, he said, forgive them. They know not what they indeed, do. Indeed. How wonderful is that? Yeah, yeah. No, what, what, a, what a, a difference it would make in our world uh, if, in fact, we picked up some of the principles of the Word of God. Let's come to some music. This is uh, Faith First. Uh, the song is Where There Is Faith. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy.
peace. Don't you love that? Uh, it's so true, so true. Folks, I, I'm, I'm so conscious. If you know of anyone who's struggling uh, right now, if they're struggling in uh, with with depression perhaps, if they're struggling uh, in, in, some, in, in some way, um, hey, it's uh, uh, faith does have its place. Uh, I, I recommend it. I have seen it so many times. Look, folks, we do have a giveaway a book for you today. Uh, Sharing Jesus is everything. Now, this, uh, this book uh, recovers an ancient biblical method of spiritual growth so that every believer can apply it in his or her own life. Sharing Jesus in everything. Uh, do you know, my friends, more and more I, I'm so conscious of how much I I love uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, uh, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, what a statement that uh, that is by the great apostle Paul. Let the mind that is in Jesus also be in you. Uh, this book and sharing Jesus in everything. Friends, can I recommend this book to you? If you'd like to have your own copy of uh, of this particular book, then please, uh, all you need to do is to <coughs> text us here at the uh, here at the studio. Now, our text number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight. 80811. And look, all you need to do is to text us our code. Now, our code is SA79 today, uh, and uh, that will actually trigger our friend, the robot we call him Pilgrim. He used to be called Faithful. Uh, then they went and changed it on me. I don't know why they did that. But he's called Pilgrim, and uh, he'll get in contact with you. He'll get a few details off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. It's a real little beauty, sharing Jesus in everything. And uh, uh, our phone number again is 04888. 80811 and the code today is SA79. No gap between the SA and the, the 79. I believe you'll greatly appreciate, uh, this, uh, this book. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric, uh, pastors the, uh, Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And today, we're, we're taking as our theme all week, actually, this theme, uh, Lessons from Roads That All Believers Walk. And today, we're looking at two disciples on the road to Emmaus. This is a simple Bible study. I believe it will encourage you. This, The road to Emmaus, of course, was a road to discouragement. But somehow, uh, it all turned around. Uh, Eric, help us out, if you will. I mean, this road, I mean, it's not a road that any of us like to walk, uh, and yet it's a road that most of us at some point do walk. Uh, help us out about this road to Emmaus. Tell us, what was the story? Tell us about it. Well, this story is taken up in Luke 24, verse 13 onwards, and it's interesting that this is a, a quite a day that these uh, two disciples were were walking along the road to Emmaus. It was such an eventful day. And yet they were despondent. A lot had happened. Um, this account actually begins on the afternoon of the day that Jesus rode from the dead. Um, so 
uh, he had risen from the dead on that day and the two companions had been in Jerusalem for one of the highlights of the of the Hebrew year and that was the um, the holiest day uh, the Passover and uh, they were starting to walk down this road but they hadn't seen Jesus these two companions had not seen Jesus risen for themselves they had only heard others talk of the resurrection and as they left Jerusalem that afternoon that now this was the Sunday uh, the day that Christ rose uh, Friday the preparation day Jesus died and he rested on the tomb on the Saturday termly known as the Sabbath and now we come to the first day of the week and uh, all over the city that the week before just a week earlier the people had hailed Jesus as a hero as he entered Jerusalem uh, all over that the city that week people celebrated the Passover one of the whole, highest holiest days in the Hebrew year the remembrances were full of emotions of sorrow for the enslavement of their ancestors but also thankfulness for God's provisions for, for leading them through and the culmination of that week was the farce of the trial, an illegal trial that Jesus faced and his subsequent torture, humiliation and public crucifixion and that these two, the travelling companions, were full of emotions. They were reeling from the seamless uh, destroyed hopes of the movement they knew that could change the world. They were actually very despondent. Everything had changed so much in those weeks leading up to Mm. them, heading away. They were full of um, hope. Uh, They saw Jesus come in. They thought that this was going to be the time when the Messiah would set up his kingdom. And then they celebrated the Passover, such a wonderful thing. And now they 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 heard about, they saw the trial, and then Jesus was crucified. You know, Eric, yeah. one of the things I'm, I'm conscious of is that uh, this crucifixion of Jesus must really have ripped the emotions of the disciples apart. But you know, it's not just the uh, the situation with Jesus. You know, I as I consider it, you know, I mean, in my in my ministry, there have been some times when I've had to minister to people, for example, who have who've committed suicide. Mm. And when I think of these two disciples, they've seen that weekend, they've seen Judas commit suicide. Mm. You know, he went and hung himself as a result of what he has actually done. Um, mm. He, um, they, they see Christ have an unfair. A totally unfair trial. I mean, you look at it and you say, hey, you know, people say unfair, unfair. The most unfair trial in this entire world was the a trial that Jesus faced. So we've got these disciples, you know, they're facing a, a you know, one of their close group mm. has committed suicide. Another one, Jesus, has suffered an Un- unfair trial. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, uh, the apostle Peter. He's deserted them at this point. You know, he he simply has run away. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a mess. That's right. And 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 the biggest thing I think to them too is why didn't Jesus, as the Messiah, as the promised Messiah, why didn't he stop it from happening? Why yeah. did he allow these events to take place? And yeah. they were confused. They, they'd they given their life to this ministry, yeah. and now they were leaving very despondent, full of doubt. I think in our lives too, Pastor Gary, we, we expect Jesus to step in at some time in our life. 
Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't happen, and we don't. We get despondent. We pray about something, yeah. expecting fully that Jesus will create a miracle, will will step in on our behalf because we've we've uh, prayed a, a prayer about it, and we strongly believe in our faith that uh, something will take place, and it doesn't happen. We get discouraged, just like yeah. these disciples yeah, yeah, yeah. do. I mean, this is a mm. this is something that is common to humanity, isn't it? It I mean, is. Uh, yeah. I, I think you know. I mean, uh, throughout my life, there've certainly been times when you know I've asked. The, the big question, you know, why? You know, why does this actually, why did it actually take place? And I will imagine these two disciples who are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, it's a downhill walk, um, but I will imagine them asking this question, you know, why was the one who we thought was the saviour of the world, why was he unjustly crucified? Why, you know, Judas, you know, how we trusted him so much, now he's gone and committed suicide. You know, all of this is coming. Peter has run away. And you, you sort of look at this on the, on this weekend and all this is coming together. And, you know, I, I'm conscious that every person, uh, at some point faces some of these issues. That's right. And, you know, um, the, the walk uh, to Emmaus was about um, uh, seven miles, about 11 kilometers. So it was a long time for them to be in conversation uh, as they as they walked along. Um, it is believed that these two disciples were two of the 70 uh, that were picked out in Luke ten one. Then Jesus picked 70 other disciples from his followers and sent them out two by two to go ahead of him into every city and town where he and his disciples had planned to go. So these two here were very close to Jesus mm-hmm. and they were struggling with what had happened. Uh, and then it says here uh, in verse 15, So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him. Now that's an interesting point that their yeah. eyes, uh, yeah. different translations have holden, that their eyes were holden. Mm. Um, I often, in my early days, I just wondered if uh, they were so much in doubt and despair that they didn't, they didn't recognize Jesus. But the Greek word is actually comes from when their eyes were kept as a corintio, which means held. They were stopped from actually recognizing him. I believe that yeah. they actually, yeah. uh, Jesus, had that happened, that they could not recognise who he was, yeah. and that, and the question is why? Why did he want that to happen mm. at this time? It's an important question, actually, Eric. And I think you know, I mean, as we move more into this story, it starts to explain why. Uh, but uh, to me, you know, sometimes. I want quick answers, don't I? I mean, yeah, to me, really, that's one of the things that I'm conscious of mm. is that, you know, hey, I, if I pray, I really want God to answer me now. Whereas on this particular occasion, uh, we do actually find an answer. But it's not straight away. No, that's right. And and the reasons is, is Jesus will go on and uh, and give uh, a wonderful study into Scripture that that they needed to have. Um, and it's interesting too, Pastor Gary, that sometimes um, we want a, um, something to happen straight away. That God just waits for something to happen. I mean, He could have easily have shown Himself, but there He has lessons for us. Uh, if we had quick fixes all the time from God, I just wonder how strong our faith would be when we go through difficult times. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need to go through a process of, of understanding and learning the character of God. And and that's such a wonderful God that he is that that he can perform these things and change us 
all the time so we understand what is going on yeah uh, so it's very important and he said to them uh, as he went along he said to them um uh, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are so sad? And then the one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, You're the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known these things which happened here in the here in these days? That's quite an interesting thing because, you know, there was widespread doubt about Jesus' uh, re- resurrection, and yet it tells us here that this was right across, yeah. right throughout Jerusalem beyond. And he's saying, what? Haven't you been here? Don't you understand? How, where have you been? Have you been on another planet, man? You know, that's what he's and exactly that's saying. exactly what's happening. Yeah, and, and, and look, and I, I love the way the scriptures actually, you know, because Luke uh, twenty four uh, twenty seven, um, you get this uh, here. Um, uh, there's this statement, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, of course, when it's talking about the scriptures here, it's actually talking about what was the scriptures to them, which to us we would call the Old Testament. So we're actually referring to the Old Testament here, uh, and it says Christ, beginning at Moses and all the uh, all the. Um, prophets, he expounded to them uh, the things concerning himself. Yes. Um, now, I um, uh, the thing that jumps out at me right right there uh, is that what we have uh, is a statement about the Old Testament. You know, so many people think you know that the Old Testament says nothing yes. about Jesus, and yet here, what we've got is that. Christ is expounding in the things from the Old Testament concerning himself. Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament. Now, I plead with people, please don't throw out the Old Testament. The Old Testament is so key to understanding the New Testament because it reveals Jesus as well. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's one of the key things in the whole passages here is the fact that Jesus draws them back to the scriptures from the past and the Old Testament. And it must have, there must have been a weakness, I think, in their theology where he needed to do that. And it's a, it's a lesson for you and I today. For it says in Luke 16, 31, it says there, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Mm. So it's saying that even if you see uh, uh, the resurrection, you may not believe. Why? Because it says here, if they don't listen to the Old Testament, to the to the Moses and the prophets, to get a full picture in the Bible, you can't take part of the Bible yeah. and throw out the rest. He says, if you haven't learnt lessons from right through Scripture, then you may not be persuaded that I've risen from the dead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's so important, and you know, and so easy is it to us too to forget the miracles from the past of Jesus in our lives. Yeah. While we wait for Christ to come, that we actually toss out a lot of of the wonderful things that God has done for us and start to doubt whether he's actually risen or coming again. And that's an important point that you make because to me, you know, if I was Jesus, now, you know, I, 
you know, if I was functioning like Jesus and uh, two of my disciples were walking in a discouraged manner from Jerusalem to Emmaus, how would I encourage them? Well, to me, uh, in my simple mind, I would simply jump out from behind a bush and simply <laughs> say, hey, here I am, guys, here I <laughs> yeah, am. That's right. I'm here, you know, I'm alive. Uh, but that's not the way Jesus chose. He actually withheld their eyes mm. and then... Um, he expounds to them the scriptures, say in two places, in all the scriptures, the things he actually wanted to explain to them based on the authority of the word of God. And to me, that's incredibly powerful because what it is, is I think it's saying something to us today. Uh, I think Christ actually wants us uh, to be able to become students of scripture so that we mm. understand that's what right. the word of God is actually saying. And that's right. And it's so powerful when we line all the passages up together from the old and the new. Uh, it's interesting too that um, uh, that uh, that the irony of it all, really, that uh, Cleophas actually assumes that Jesus is the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened, when in fact Jesus is the only one who knew exactly, knew exactly what had happened. happened. So they were ignorant; uh, they were lost in, in their um, uh, their doubt, if you like, and their sadness and doubt that they had lost sight of the fact of wisdom and of the scriptures. And he's saying to them, look, you know, the words of Moses and the prophets were true. They lead, they lead, they pointed towards me. I'm here now with you. And you still, you doubt that because you got to remember that this was happening on the third day. Yeah. And what did the third day mean to them? Well, that was, what should it have been? That was the resurrection day. That was the resurrection day. But who was it that remembered the third day? Who was it that remembered? What actually happened on the third day? Do you remember who that was? Do you remember it was found in um, in Matthew twenty six uh, twenty seven? Sorry, sixty two and sixty three. It says, "On the day that followed the day of the preparation, so that's the Friday, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver.'" about Jesus, said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. So the ones that remembered were the ones that actually put Jesus on trial. But the disciples, but the disciples who, were were to be closer, who were forgotten. And they were frightened. So did they believe that something was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, was there some doubt? Was there something in them that when they took Jesus uh, to trial and saw what actually happened that caused them to think, hey, look, we better put extra guards on that too? And this is what discouragement actually does, isn't it? Discouragement is so, it's so easy for discouragement to almost obliterate reality. It's almost as though, hey, once I am discouraged, I'm actually um, I, I'm working on an emotional level and what is Actual fact and what is actual reality is something that uh, I totally gloss over. And to me, as I look at this story, I simply say, hey, there are so many lessons uh, in this uh, story for us. But look, let's come to some music because um, we're actually going to uh, uh, hear the second half of the story in once we once we come back. And of course, this is the story when Jesus is fully revealed to these guys uh, and uh, they turn and they run. And this is a wonderful story. Uh, discouragement is going to turn into an amazing hope. But please enjoy uh, this uh, this particular song. This is uh, Michael Card, and the song is uh, El Shaddai. Uh, love uh, the words of this song. Uh, please enjoy.
die, El Shaddai, El Yonah Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same. By the power of the name, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Erechim Kana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham, and by the power of your hand, turned the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. You set your children free. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same.
love that song. Uh, I uh, it was a song that uh, certainly uh, I really appreciated during my uh, uh, during my college uh, days. It's a song that's a little bit dated now, but to me it uh, falls into the category of timeless classics, and uh, I, I really appreciate. I think it's a marvelous message in uh, in that particular song, uh, folks. You've got a we've got a, a free gift giveaway for you today. Sharing Jesus is everything. Uh, this is uh, a book uh, that talks about uh, talks about Jesus uh, in in everything. How can I share it with my friends? Share him with my friends and come into a deeper relationship with him myself. You'll love this particular book. Now, look, if you'd like this book, Sharing Jesus in Everything, uh, please um, just uh, email us. is uh, 04888 and uh, just uh, text us the code, which is SA79, SA79, and uh, we will get this book to you. That'll trigger our robot, and he'll ask you a few questions. Uh, that way we can get it to you in the fastest way possible. 04888 808 11 and the code is SA79. You'll love uh, this uh, this particular book. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church and uh, today, this week in fact, we're talking about lessons from roads that all believers walk and today we're looking at two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know, it's the road to Discouragement. We've seen that as they walk from Emmaus, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, it's a downhill walk. They're walking into the setting sun. Uh, we see uh, that they are totally discouraged. But Eric, there's a a transition occurs because Jesus is revealed, and, and something takes. Help us out. I mean, how does a transition occur? Well, I would suggest to the listeners that they read uh, because we won't be able to cover all the texts here tonight with the lessons that are here. But I would encourage them to read uh, Luke uh, twenty four thirteen right through to um, to forty nine. Uh, but we're going to pick up the account where uh, they were drawing near to the village where they were going. In verse twenty eight, uh, he indicated that he w- he was going to go further. He actually uh, he must have indicated that he wanted to carry on. Uh, but in verse 29 says, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is towards evening and the day is far spent and he went in to stay with them. It's interesting to me that uh, Jesus was actually going to carry on, but something happened here that that changed everything. Uh, you know, we can read the scripture and we can talk about it here tonight, but unless we invite Jesus into our homes, into our hearts and our lives, that's uh, what these two men did, isn't it? That's what they did. And Jesus was actually going to leave them at this point. Yeah, they. So would he, would he have revealed himself if he had just walked off? I mean, uh, what, what he had discovered was what you'd said earlier. He said to them, O foolish ones, in verse 25, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he then expounded to them the wisdom of the scriptures. But that, still then, it, it wasn't until he actually went to break the bread which we talk about they didn't actually know who it was yeah yeah but at that point when they're sitting around the meal table Mm. they've invited jesus in and i love that point that you do actually make there that these two disciples have actually invited jesus 
into their house at the time of their utmost discouragement. Mm. When they are down, they're flat, they're discouraged, they don't see any reason for going on in this Christian walk. Mm. They invite Jesus in and then it's while sitting down at the meal that suddenly Jesus reveals himself. And the custom is, is changed around here because it says, and now it came, as it came to pass, he sat at the table with them and he took the bread, blessed, and broke it and gave it to them. Now this is a point here where normally the invited guest does not take over and break the bread. That's actually against the custom. It would be the, the person in the house that would actually set up the table and treat the, the visitor as the guest, you know. But here Jesus takes over and gives them, uh, breaks it and then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight now what what I think has happened here is that gee, that what what this is teaching us today that in our doubt and discouragement we need to continue to invite Jesus into our lives even though we're struggling uh, we, we, we don't put and at times I've pushed Christ away in my life yeah. when I've been in my yeah. darkest times but then it's born in me to accept Christ. I mean, you know, there's something there. He, when you're born again, something happens, you know. Yes, he's yeah, there. Yeah. And so I come to him again. Yeah. The I Holy Spirit speaks to you, doesn't it? Yes. You know? Yes. It, it's, that's the words I'm looking for. The Holy Spirit, it, Christ never leaves us. We leave him. And, and now Christ had, was indicated he was going to, but they invite him. And we need to invite him at all times, whether it's we're happy or whether we're sad. It is Christ in our life that makes a difference. Yeah. And this yeah. is the point here. And to me, I think the breaking of the bread, when we recognize, when we pay close attention to Jesus and his customs and what he does, we will recognize uh, Christ through who he is. I mean, Christ told us the law, didn't he? The Ten Commandments. Mm. But if we didn't have Christ come and show us how to keep those commandments in the spirit of the Lord, I've talked about this many times, in the spirit of the Lord, not to condemn, he came to save, that we will recognize who he is by his actions and what he does in our lives, that we follow the character of Christ. And through the breaking of the bread, they realize that that Jesus broke it a certain way. We will recognize him through the scriptures that we have read on the on the characteristic of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I love the way the scriptures actually uh, actually explain this. It's actually Luke 24, verse 30. And mm. it came to pass that as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, which is what you've just been saying, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. It's him. and But he vanished from their sight. Yeah. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were gathered with them saying, The Lord, the Lord, he's risen indeed. He's appeared to Simon. It is true. You know, to me, as I look at this, Eric, you know, these are the first two who come that they have, they have literally suddenly here we find discouragement has been, has transitioned to incredible hope. I mean, this distance is seven miles or about 11 kilometers or whatever it is between Jerusalem and Emmaus. They turn around and they run back to Jerusalem. You know, I well imagine that, you know, on their walk down, you know, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, I well imagine, you know, what you can do, you know, 11 kilometers. I imagine them doing a three hour uh, walk there. Going back though, one hour, yeah, you they, know, they're back they there. Been hour, and you know, they're moving. <laughs> you know? That's right. And, and, you know, the excitement of it all that, hey, look, 
Christ lives, you know, yeah. uh, even yeah. after all that. But what it, what amazes me, it's the fact that Jesus was walking this road alongside them is significant because Jesus, he wasn't in the tomb. He wasn't in the temple. He wasn't shown off to the religious leaders that he was right all along. He was not in Herod's palace, nor in Pontius Pilate's headquarters, gloating about, you know, that he had risen. Rather, Jesus was with the hurt. He was yeah. with the confused and skeptical. He walked alongside them, showing them the truth and the way. And that, to me, is the greatest part of the story. That's powerful. That, that, that is the character of Christ. But we would expect somebody who, who does a great sporting arena to be in the news and the media telling about where was Jesus? He was on the road with these. And these disciples are the first ones to actually see Jesus risen. Because when they went back, when they went back to Jerusalem, Jesus appeared to the disciples later that day. He was actually with them in their time of greatest discouragement. That's right, yes. And you know, as I think about it, you know, we've, you know, we've probably got some listeners today who are going through some hard times. You know, I'm, I'm so conscious that every time I'm, you know, with a, with a congregation, there'll be someone who's got some relationship issues. Yeah. There'll be someone who may be dealing with financial issues. Maybe there's somebody else who's dealing with, you know, health issues. You know, I mean, the multiplicity of ways that can lead us downhill into discouragement is, uh, you know, can't be counted. And yet here we find two men Jesus is walking close beside them in their time of greatest discouragement. He refers them to the word of God. And then finally he reveals himself to them and they're able to go and share with their mates the good things that the Lord has done for them. Amen. You know, don't you think that's a, you know, to me as I look at that, I say, hey, what an absolutely fantastic uh, story uh, we've got here in uh, in Luke uh, chapter chapter 24. Look, I'm conscious that our time is starting to run away from us. But look, Eric, I'm just wondering, how would you feel about uh, just praying uh, for us right now, particularly for anyone who might be struggling, might be discouraged uh, right now? Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, Oh Lord, we come before you in prayer tonight, thanking you for the Jesus who you are, the coming Messiah, the King, the one who gave his life on the cross that we might live. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us in the darkest days of our lives. Then we walk the road, Lord, you're always with us. You'll never leave us. You're not away somewhere else, but you're actually beside us in whatever happens in our life. And today, Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that are struggling today because the devil doesn't want us to be on that narrow path walking towards Jesus. So we pray, Lord, for those who are caught in despair tonight. We pray, Lord, that they will put their faith and trust in Jesus. For it is by faith that we are saved. It is the belief of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has revealed himself to us all. The world may be going a different way, We've seen scenes of it this week through Halloween where people are glorifying the devil. But we know that Jesus has won the victory. He is there with us. And there's one day when there will be no more suffering, no more crying. But Jesus will restore us. So be with those, Lord, that are struggling today. Help them, Lord, to stay close to you, to recognize you, to have their eyes opened, and to ask Jesus to come into their lives, to sup in their home, to be with them always. For all of us, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow.
when I'll be chatting with Pastor David Butcher on the subject of the road to Damascus. And this is the road, of course, that the Apostle Paul had to walk. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.